All right, so let's talk about the economy. Everybody is talking about the economy. And here in San Francisco, uh, there's a lot to be concerned about, but there's also a lot to be thankful about. Uh, the fact is San Francisco continues to outperform peer cities. The fact is in San Francisco, in almost every key sector, we're continuing to do more and do better than the rest of the state and the nation. Uh, as a subset, unemployment in particular, this is a city that is outperforming the rest of the state. Unemployment in California has now reached 8.2%. In San Francisco, just 6%. Unemployment rate federally, as I speak, is 6.5%. So again, unemployment area, we are doing better than most, not better than all, but better than most uh, as it relates uh, to our current uh, base. Now, that being said, we're not naive uh, that things may be challenging uh, or challenged uh, in the upcoming months. In fact, we'll talk a lot about that in the upcoming slides, uh, but we're making progress in terms of maintaining our status and continuing to recruit and retain uh, businesses in San Francisco. And that is also exampled by the office vacancy rate. Uh, it's one thing to talk about unemployment in relationship to recruiting businesses. It's another to put it in the context of not just payroll tax and payroll, but also in terms of occupancy rates. Take a look at this. Uh, the third quarter of 2003 with 24% vacancy in San Francisco. Uh, now, the third quarter, 2008, uh, it's just over double digits at 10.5%. 24%. We've had 21 quarters of net absorption of office space. I can't predict or guarantee that that's going to continue, uh, but this has been a remarkable run, as you can see uh, by this slide. Uh, we have been able to do that by focusing on three key sectors of our economy. We focused on the clean tech area, the IT digital media side of our economic equation, and the biotech life sciences and nanotech side. You can see here we have advisory councils for all clean tech. We did tax credits on the digital media, digital arts. We did this robust working group. And on the biotech side, we also did tax credits in addition uh, to um, our uh, robust outreach efforts. Since we started in 2004, take a look, 475 high-tech companies have committed over 5.3 million square feet uh, of space in this city. We have seen Google, Salesforce.com, uh, Adobe, uh, you, uh, Yahoo, and Cisco, Hotwire, Razorfish, uh, you know, all kinds of companies move into San Francisco, 475 high-tech companies since 2004. And you saw earlier this year, Google uh, expand its footprint in San Francisco. Now uh, they have over 600 people employed in the city and county at the old Gap building. Uh, we've also seen a lot of headquartered companies move into San Francisco, 53 headquartered companies, 160 non-headquartered companies that have moved in. Again, Google, Wicca, Wikipedia, which is the Wikimedia Foundation, LucasArts, uh, ILM and Lucas in the Presidio, uh, Riverbed was one of the largest IPOs in the world, uh, moved its headquarters into San Francisco, uh, Jimboree uh, moved down uh, into the city near the Transbay Terminal, uh, The Body Shop moved its uh, North American headquarters into San Francisco, SunTech, that photovoltaic manufacturer, one of the largest in the world from China, moved its North American headquarters into San Francisco, Yahoo, Microsoft, others expanding uh, in to the city. 
We've also seen, speaking of expanding, uh, our population expands every day. Last year, we had a record number of visitors in our city. 16.1 million visitors spent $8.2 billion. That broke every record we've ever, uh, since we've been taking uh, these stats um, in, uh, in terms of spending and in terms of visitors. 16.1. Uh, just think back, 2002, we had 13.7, $8.2 billion compared to $5.9 billion again in 2002, uh, making real progress. You've seen the same thing in uh, a subtext of that, or rather parenthetical to that, uh, visitorship, obviously an anchor, is convention bookings, 925. I remember in 2004, that was a huge year. Now our uh, convention bookings are 1,130, another record year. Can we sustain that into the new year with the economy the way it is? Uh, that is still uh, a question mark. Uh, but the reality is the last four years and all the available data to this moment just bears out uh, that we're again going to experience arguably another record year. Uh, passenger volume and SFO, same stats, same trends, 29 million to 35, almost 36 million. Uh, those numbers continue an increase, 22.1% in the last few years. International flights being a big part of that. Uh, Cathay Pacific, Aer Lingus now doing direct flights over uh, to Ireland. Seen a lot of flights at United uh, to Asia uh, and China, uh, Philippine Air, Air New Zealand, Air China, uh, and others. Domestic flights, we got Virgin to locate their headquarters out at SFO. That was a big deal a year and a half ago. Uh, JetBlue immediately came to the city. Southwest Airlines uh, came into the city. So domestic flights are starting to increase. When you get more domestic flights, more conventions, more visitors, well, what do you see? You see a hotel occupancy rate that continues to grow. Uh, take a look at this. In 2003, 68%, uh, 73%. We finally made some progress in 2004. Now getting close to 80% occupancy. There's a hotel tax that comes from that that funds our arts programs and funds other programs and city services. Uh, but that, again, is a robust hotel industry. Can that continue? Still to be determined. But 2007 and 2008 arguably looks even higher, uh, though I didn't want to put anything up yet because this last quarter began to soften a little bit. Uh, but I think we'll get close to 80% uh, in 2008. Revenue, again, revenue that's driven directly by that occupancy, $120 million. To 22 million to 225 million. Just think about that. In 2002-2003, we received 122 million dollars in revenue. It's gone up to up over 103 million dollars. That goes right into the city to invest back into programs and to people. Retail sales growth, again an anomaly. Hate to admit, it, I don't want to just give all good news on the economy, but look at the retail sales growth. Uh, we continue to see retail sales increase. We saw them last quarter, the first couple quarters of this year. We saw retail sales increase against the backdrop of the rest of the region declining. Here it is. Statewide retail sales have declined 3.4% in the last year. In the San Francisco region alone, they've declined. In the city, San Francisco up 3.2. So 3.4% down in, st in the state, up 3.2%. And that's through the second quarter of the year. And I recognize the second quarter is not the third quarter. Those numbers we expect to soften, uh, but again, outperforming 
the rest of the state uh, and certainly uh, even the rest of the Bay Area that's doing better uh, still than the state. Uh, but despite that relatively good news, uh, no question that we're not immune to the macroeconomics, not immune to the credit crisis, not immune to what's going on uh, in terms of the housing crisis and the like. You can see here uh, what I mean by that. And again, now here's the red flag of caution. And you see a lot of red on this slide. A slower growth uh, projected in property tax, business tax, the hotel tax side. Only thing that's holding strong is the utility users tax. Uh, the biggest concern we have is the real property transfer tax. This is where we're going to see real losses. Uh, sales tax, health and welfare interest investments, those will be down. But the one that I'm most concerned about is real estate transfer tax. Here's why. Uh, we had, uh, and this slide doesn't show it, we had $6.7 billion of real estate activity in 2007, real estate transfer uh, that occurred, property that, that sold, $6.7 billion of property that sold in the benefit from real estate transfer tax. Through the end of September of this year, we've only experienced just north of $1 billion of real estate transfer, meaning 6.7 to a decline down to 1, 1.1 billion. Uh, now, unless we see a miracle, September, uh, October, November, December, we're not, uh, you're going to see a precipitous decline. That real estate transfer tax accordingly will decline. We thought it would drop a little bit. It's going to drop a lot. And so that creates the economic uncertainty that makes us very cautious about the budget we just passed. And that's why you'll see, um, and in fact, there's the commercial property transfer sales. Uh, you see the 6.7, uh, 1.022. And that's uh, through July. I've actually updated this uh, through September. It's just shy of $1.1 billion, as I said. So you're talking about a 74% decline potentially if things continue. Uh, again, this creates the conditions of uncertainty, which create more pressure on our current budget. That means we have to augment the budget we just passed. Uh, and that's why uh, we will be making some tough choices that I want to talk about uh, in some of these, un uh, in these upcoming slides. But let's talk about what we've done. You know, we knew things were going to slow down. We didn't know how aggressively they'd slow down, and we still don't. But in order not to dream of regretting. We've already established a hiring freeze. We've already begun to push down overtime. In fact, we initiated legislation that Supervisor Jake McGoldrick is carrying uh, that limits overtime to 16% of regular hours for all employees. We've, dis we've frozen discretionary bonuses. Uh, we've got furloughs that we're pushing, restricting out-of-town travel. Vehicle fleets are being reduced. Cell phone uh, budgets, training budgets are declining, but strategically, because I don't think we are making a good investment by pulling all of our training investments, uh, but some of them we are. Uh, we're reducing energy and water consumption. We're, again, just trying to be smarter about our current budget. Uh, we've initiated in that package of, um, of, of reforms uh, one of the most important, that's civil service reform. A couple years ago, I initiated civil service reform, which is basically the, the, the infrastructure, the sort of Bible that governs, uh, the sort of constitution is a better phrase, that our word that, that governs our city. Uh, we initiated recommendations 
47 of them. 38 have been completely done. Uh, we actually require performance reviews. We require satisfactory performance before people get promoted. Uh, we reduce the hiring, not firing times, but the hiring times from six months to two months. Uh, we've done some other initiatives uh, that I'm very proud of. We're going to be pushing more reform into the new year. We're going to complete the job, including some attendance standards and some performance-related standards to really uh, get to the next level of productivity, which I recognize, especially in this climate, is important to everybody. And so we're working with labor to do that. Again, we've already proven we can do a lot. We can do a lot more coming into uh, the new year. Consolidations and efficiency. We've consolidated 14 city departments. People don't know this. Consolidated 14, eliminated four, come up with new online strategies and IT strategies. You could do your parking meters um, uh, again online. I mentioned that in the transportation section. You can get fast passes now online. Uh, you can even do online reservations for a lot of our park and rec facilities. We have more e-procurement uh, programs. and We've got a new human resource strategy, which I'll talk about in a moment. We've increased the number of audits in city government um, from 48 uh, to 67. We can still do more and do better there. We've reduced the total number of sole source contracts, more competitive bidding. Uh, that continues to move in the right uh, direction. We've initiated uh, one uh, number does it all. The power of one, we call it. 311 call center to take those 2,300 plus telephone numbers and consolidate them ultimately into one. We've done it most aggressively with 673 Muni. We've done it with 28 Clean and some other uh, city phone lines, Department of Public Works and Muni. We'll continue to do more. You can see the average daily volume. Uh, at 311 has increased substantially uh, versus the previous year. The monthly call volumes um, beyond the average daily volumes are growing accordingly. 311 has been a huge success, and that's part of the reform of government. Because remember, it's not just a glorified, slide, a glorified switchboard. When 311 calls come in, they're monitored for performance. I can actually determine on a weekly basis how many calls for service came in for this uh, program or that program and how many actually were accomplished in terms of work orders that were complete. It helps us hold department heads accountable and in this era it is an era of accountability. We need to do more. You can see those service requests. We just added the housing authority to this which is important. Uh, we've got litter and trash, a big part of it, graffiti potholes, streets and sidewalk cleaning, but again Muni and parking and traffic are the lion's share of calls that come in, people complaining about Muni being late, complaining uh, about double parked cars or people in their driveways, et cetera. 311, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, available in 100, I think now in 176, someone may have said the other day, 182 languages. Try us, uh, try it if you haven't, uh, try out uh, this program because again, it's a big part of, uh, of, of continuing our reforms and continuing to lead um, uh, our workforce uh, to be more accountable. Speaking of that, you know, it was interesting. The governor uh, just a few months ago in his budget crisis talked about rolling back the wages uh, to minimum wage for all government employees. They couldn't even do it if they tried was the perversity of that uh, direction by the governor. And they never did it. They couldn't do it again, even if they wanted to, because they didn't have the systems to do it. Well, 
San Francisco not completely dissimilar to the state of California when it comes to its human resource information management systems. The difference is we've actually initiated the reforms. This is a multi-year reform. Tens of millions of dollars are going to be invested in this. We're making real progress. You can see here uh, what Project uh, Emerge calls for. Uh, and it's something, again, we're in the middle phase of this multi-year phase, uh, but one that deserved a little highlight, I think, uh, in the context of some of the discussions at the state level and something I'm very proud of uh, that Mickey Callahan uh, and my new chief of staff, uh, which is my old chief of staff, Steve Kava, has been doing uh, with our controller, Ben Rosenfeld, and former controller, Ed uh, Harrington. Uh, this is really a model, I think, for the rest of the state. Uh, in addition, we talk about models. One of the biggest issues of our budget is unfunded health care liability, uh, something that we call GASB, GASB 45. Uh, we have $4 billion of unfunded liability to deal with retiree health care. Uh, we've had health care costs in this state that in the last seven years have increased 95.8%, nationally 78%. Now, we have to fund that for retirees. Well, how do you fund it? Yeah, we don't have a health care account or uh, a health fund account like we do our retirement accounts. We do an extraordinary job investing in people's pension and retirement in terms of their version of 401ks, in terms of their retirement benefits, but not their health care benefits. We finally reconciled this. And I want to thank Sean Ellsborn in particular on the Board of Supervisors for his steadfast support and his in investment, uh, Michaela Aliotto Pierre and others that also fought for this, uh, to invest uh, in what became an initiative, Proposition B, which I believe is the first in the state of California uh, that pays now, or rather, establish the framework to pay in to a new health care trust fund that now has been established for all new city employees. The next phase is to negotiate with active employees to pay uh, down that $4 billion. But prospectively, this city has begun to tackle the issue of unfunded uh, liability. Again, something that I'm not sure a lot of people know about that goes to the fiscal health of our city and goes to the management of our city. Uh, that is something that I'm very proud of and something that other cities and municipalities, I think, should take a look at. Something else that you should take a look at. You know, a lot of people talk about profligate ways of San Francisco, talk about growth of city government. Well, I hope they pause and reflect. And I admit uh, these are Republican um, administrations, so it may not be the best example. Uh, but you have a Republican president and a Republican governor. Look how they've grown their budget uh, since 0304 into the 0809 fiscal year. 6.1% in California, 7.3% at the federal level, just 5.2% in San Francisco, growing at a lower rate, our budget growth, than the state and federal average. And this incorporates last year's budget. And I think this is an important slide that goes to a lot of, to contradict a lot of the belief systems some people have about San Francisco and city government in terms of its fiscal management. You look at our rainy day reserves, the same thing. Uh, we had rainy day reserves uh, that were very modest a number of years ago. Now look, all up over $100 million in the last three years, consistently over $100 million. That's why our bond rating in this climate, our bond rating just went up in San Francisco remarkably. Our bonds is now going up at a time when we need to invest in an economic stimulus. Now, why does that matter? Bond rating goes up. It means better costs 
uh, structure in terms of taxpayers paying more interest. We now pay a little less interest at a time when we need to be rebuilding our parks, playgrounds, water and sewer systems in order to stimulate our economy. Could not have happened at a better time. High reserves, good fiscal discipline, budget growth that's not propagand and not out of control and now puts us in a position where our bond rating is increased uh, in spite of the macroeconomic uh, climate. So what's next? Uh, we talked about the need to deal with the uncertainty and to make some adjustments in the mid-year. Well, now we're doing just that, $75 million of adjustments that we'll be uh, making uh, at the end of this calendar year. We're going to continue those non-essential hiring freezes. Uh, we're going to delay or, or eliminate some programs that haven't, that have been funded but haven't actually spent the money, meaning we have a program that in the last fiscal year we set aside money, but they haven't gotten the program rolling. We're going to hold back that program in order to reduce the cost of government. We're going to freeze some capital um, uh, investment, but I'm going to be very, we're going to be very strategic about that. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then we're going to look at other uh, savings ideas that we've had in the past. All of these things coming down uh, in the next few weeks in terms of addressing that shortfall. It may mean not just hiring freezes, by the way, as well, some layoffs, uh, which uh, are important. But one of the long-term things we need to do is we've initiated a request to the controller, Ben Rosenfeld. We said, Ben, we need you to come on board. We need all that, all those consultants you uh, work with, all those folks to get a third-party analysis of our budget, compare best practices, see where we're high, see where we're low. Uh, let's do some peer review and let's take a good look at long-term fiscal health of our city so we're not missing something. We're doing a good job, but let's do a better job. Let's do the best we possibly can, uh, not just a little bit better than last year. And so you can see that uh, we're going to look at diversification of our tax base. We're going to look at spending and revenue growth over the past decade uh, so we can really get a sense of where we're uh, out of kilter and where we're within a framework of, 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 uh, of appropriateness, where we've outpaced, et cetera. So that's something I'm looking forward to, which is a longer-term solution, which is incredibly important going into the new year. It doesn't just address our current fiscal uh, shortfall. But how do you address the current fiscal shortfall beyond just cuts? Uh, I come from the private sector, a business person. Uh, in the 17 or so businesses I've started, we always talk about growing the top line as we cut expenses so we can grow the bottom line. We've got to get more customers. We've got to create a stimulus. We can grow. It's not conditions that determine uh, our fate. Uh, it's our decisions. And I think that's an important distinction. Decisions, not conditions, that determine outcomes, that determine our fate and future. So it's the decision to do more and do better, to come up with our own local uh, stimulus plan that I think will pay great dividends. Accelerate capital spending. Those dollars that we've identified, uh, we have a $19.8 billion 10-year capital plan. $12.5 billion of that was supposed to be invested in the next five years. We've identified $5.3 billion that is identified money that we can accelerate in terms of expenditures and capital. We'll talk about that in a moment, about what specific projects, but that's the first thing we need to do. We need to keep our local dollars local. We need to invest back in the city and county of San Francisco. Let's not buy goods and services from outside the state, from outside this country, for that matter, even from outside the region. Let's invest our local dollars locally. Let's increase, though, foreign investment into the city. That's why we were in Shanghai uh, just a couple weeks ago. That's why we opened up a new office in China. We'll talk about that and how we can get foreign investment into the city. And let's reduce, again, our cost of doing business, as I example, in that other slide, which is always important. 
accelerating capital programs. I just mentioned the $19.8 billion 10-year capital plan, the $5.3 billion that we've already identified in funding, water systems upgrade, airport improvements, new Terminal 2 out at the airport, Sam's Good General Hospital, an $887.4 million Prop A bond that just passed, the Transbay Terminal, which we're going to kick off just in a couple of weeks here, and the Hope SF, again, revitalizing, rebuilding public housing. We talked about that in the poverty section. We talked about Transbay in the transportation section. We talked about SF General Hospital in the health section. And we talked about the airport uh, or about to talk about it in more detail in the economic development section. Uh, keeping dollars local, let me amplify a little bit more on that. Leveraging our purchasing power to create more jobs through uh, our workforce training programs. We want to focus tourism more locally. Uh, just the other day, we uh, kicked off first time in 103 years. We actually lit up Market Street uh, with some holiday lighting. Hadn't done it in 103 years. The reason we did it is we want to remind people of San Francisco, the new Bloomingdale's, uh, the new Barney's, the new De Beers, the new uh, Prada store, the new... Uh, Gucci store, the new, uh, uh, can, uh, the new Nordstrom's facility, uh, the whole uh, investment that has been made over the last four years, really coming together, a constellation of things coming together to make our shopping district in Union Square truly world class. You don't need to go to New York. You don't need to travel to other parts of the country to get one of the best shopping experiences anywhere in the world. Uh, and I don't exaggerate in the world. So we wanted to market that, and we don't want to just market it to New Yorkers or to folks uh, in Chicago or, for that matter, around the world. We also want to market Union Square uh, to the region. Uh, so, again, it's tourism uh, focusing on our partners and friends and family members throughout the Bay Area and Northern California to get them into San Francisco. We're creating a new tourist improvement district. Uh, this is something Jen Matz and my mayor's office of economic workforce development has been working on a year. Uh, Joe D'Alessandro at the Convention of Visitors Bureau uh, all just done a great job to create this new framework uh, to create a tourist improvement district where we're actually going to have the hotels tax themselves so that they can put money back into the Convention and Visitors Bureau uh, by notably focusing on the Moscone Center improvements and the deferred maintenance in our convention facilities so we can attract uh, more conventions and maintain our status as a leading edge convention city uh, with a series of improvements as well as promote the area uh, in and around Yerba Buena, uh, in and around the Union Square area, uh, have more marketing dollars for the Convention and Visitors Bureau. This is another important part of that solution. And to expand our neighborhood marketplace initiatives, to expand investment into our commercial corridors in the diverse neighborhoods of our city. What makes this city great is it's one of the most diverse cities in the most diverse region in the world's most diverse democracy. It's the cultural competency, that anchor that is defined by each and every neighborhood looking a little bit differently because people from around the world have come to those neighborhoods to commit themselves uh, to raising a family and opening up new businesses. It's that anchor that makes these neighborhoods special and unique. Think Chinatown. Think parts of the mission. Think parts of Bayview Hunters Point where there's an identity, Japantown, an identity. We want to continue to invest in the unique character of our districts and neighborhoods. That's the idea of this expanded marketplace initiative. Uh, again, shop local campaign, uh, San Francisco being a convener uh, to getting investment into the city. That foreign investment, again, speaking of convening, uh, putting San Francisco again in people's minds as that global gateway, 24-hour city. That's why we opened up that office in Shanghai. We're opening up an office out here, a China desk in San Francisco uh, that will mirror the China desk in Shanghai. Uh, we want to facilitate 
bigger investment, more investment in the city and county of San Francisco, the SunTech businesses, the Trina businesses, China Daily now moving into San Francisco, and some other big announcements uh, that we'll be uh, talking about very shortly. Again, foreign investment. We should not just look to the United States, just look inward. We need to look outward to get more investment in the market San Francisco. And that's why we also just established a sister city in Bangalore, our first sister city. It was an amazing uh, uh, a memorandum of understanding that we signed um, right there. Um, uh, well, it was right in the B of A building on one of the top floors, uh, and we did a, a digital conference uh, with our friends in Bangalore just a few weeks ago and established the first sister city uh, between Bangalore uh, in India and the Bay Area in San Francisco. And again, it's all just part about uh, connecting uh, our cultural and business relationships in a more robust way. So again, this is also part of a that larger economic uh, development strategy and stimulus strategy. Reducing the cost of doing business. Look, this is not a time to raise fees and fines on businesses. This is not a time to raise taxes on local businesses. So that's why we cannot shift the cost of our budget or the burden of our budget on the small business community. And we need to implement targeted tax credits, which is something uh, we're all working on. Supervisor McGoldrick working with Jen Matz and uh, the Mayor's Office of Economic Development again and Michael Cohen uh, on some green tech tax credits and some other tax credits that we can actually stimulate more economic growth, particularly again in the green tech sector, the IT sector, digital media, digital arts, and the nanotech, biotech, and life science sector, again, all part of our economic and workforce development strategy. Uh, we also want to use our small business center and make it more robust. We just established a small business center. I'm very proud of it. It's one of the successes of 2008. Uh, it was launched in May. You can see that 879 business cases have uh, been advanced. Uh, we're dealing with 45 new cases every single week. 89% of these, or 80% of these cases are for uh, brand new businesses, a one-stop shop uh, to get all of your uh, uh, small business needs uh, addressed in a, in a substantive way as opposed to the old way of doing business, which was a bunch of folks pointing you to another silo, another part of city government, another building, the Small Business Assistance Center, because the wisdom of the voters is, is working. And I want to thank, uh, again, uh, the supervisors that supported it uh, for helping uh, initiate uh, this uh, recommendation to get this on the ballot. Uh, I think it's a, a really positive sign in light of the economic crisis uh, that we were had the, the foresight to actually put this thing together uh, and to organize it. Uh, one-stop shops are also part of the solution. You know, we have our one-stop shops out in the Mission and Turk Street in the southeast. Uh, we just announced, announced one in July in Chinatown. We really want to revitalize and stimulate the economy in Chinatown, first and oldest Chinatown in the United States. We're very proud of our Chinatown. We had a great conference down there to help promote it. Want to continue to promote it. New website promoting Chinatown. We've also advanced. We're going to be opening up just next month uh, a new Western Edition Workforce Center, one-stop shop center. Again, uh, targeting uh, needs of workforce training, workforce development, and twinning them with our economic development strategies. Uh, also part of the larger uh, strategy uh, to get the city moving again. Enterprise tax zones. How many people knew that we enhanced our enterprise zones? Uh, people don't realize this is about half of our city, the eastern side of the city. This is all uh, zoned to get tax credits. These are enterprise tax uh, credits that are available. So many businesses are completely unaware. They're in that zone. They don't need to be paying payroll tax in some cases. We are now out there promoting it. Uh, just we recently, because of the good work of my, our office, uh, Michael Cohen and others, um, tax credit vouchers are up by 40%.
from this point last year. So we want to keep marketing that tax credit program. Over 1,562 of these credits have been offered. People didn't even know that they were uh, uh, afforded them. Uh, these exist, state credits, federal credits. That's another big part of our stimulus strategy is to encourage more of it. We also recognize, as I said, you got to twin your economic development strategies with workforce development strategies. And one of the things we've been doing the last couple of years, uh, again, Board of Supervisors support um, and uh, the great team over there uh, at my economic and workforce development office, we have got a whole new workforce training strategy that we have incorporated. Uh, we've consolidated a lot of the workforce training that was done in different departments, all with Rhonda Simmons under a new department. Uh, they're doing an outstanding job, and the focused efforts is on at-risk youth. Again, those uh, youth during that transitional phase, 16 to 24-year-olds, have got this ramp program uh, that is really uh, coming together. Uh, this is something that uh, is timely in terms of uh, the investment of energy, and it's really going to take shape into 2009, the benefits of this, and it will play very well into our economic development strategies. Uh, those strategies incorporate uh, San Francisco State University, the, the uh, Bridge to Biotech programs at uh, City College. Again, the partnerships, you know, you've got uh, partnerships with Genentech uh, in our public schools and uh, others uh, that are actually doing partner uh, real work in our public schools and workforce training uh, programs. We want to continue to build on them. And nowhere is it more important than City Build Academy, uh, which Supervisor Maxwell, um, among others, should be very proud of, is just a model uh, for green-collar job development, a model for workforce training programs, a model to uh, focus on those most at risk, most can need, and giving them the opportunity and tools to succeed in a competitive environment. Uh, we want to build uh, that uh, City Build Academy and a workforce training program and get it to the next level. You can see just right here that the Academy uh, just had a seventh training uh, class, 89%, 89% placement uh, of the graduates. Uh, 850 residents are now in construction employment jobs since we initiated this program. Thank you, Supervisor Maxwell. I'm so proud of this. We worked together. We worked hard on this. It's really a model program. And as I said, the next phase is going to be on green-collar jobs. Federal advocacy, continue to support. I talked about Doyle Drive in the transportation section uh, and the central subway in the transportation section. Still need more federal support. Uh, we're going to continue to do that. Public housing, we need more federal support. Uh, renewable energy technologies, that's the wave and title and the alternative energy strategies and biodiesel alternative fuels food stamps and Medicaid assistance, job training. All these areas are part of our, our narrative of advocacy on an annual basis with Speaker Nancy Pelosi and uh, with our friends up at the state of California, the new uh, pro tem, Daryl Steinberg, and Karen Bass, the new assembly speaker. Uh, we'll continue uh, to do our best to secure funding. It's great to have a Speaker of the House as your representative federally. It's great to have a Democratic Congress and a Democratic President. And it's great to have friends in Sacramento. Uh, so a big part of our efforts will be federal as well as state advocacy uh, to keep this economy moving. Uh, so all told, I think the uh, city, under the circumstances, is doing remarkably well. Uh, but the past does not equal the future. And what got us as far as we've gotten doesn't necessarily uh, mean it will get us uh, through this difficult time. And that's why I wanted to give you a good frame of where we've been, uh, what we've done, 
where we're going and what we need to do in order to get through this. Uh, and I'm confident that San Francisco will continue to outpace the rest of the state and the nation and continue to lead by example. Uh, but we've got a lot of work to do under very trying and difficult circumstances. And we want to make sure that whatever we do with our budget, that we're there for those most in need. And I know that's going to be a difficult thing to prove. It's an easy thing to assert, uh, but it's something in the next budget cycle that we're absolutely committed to.